0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So this week's episode, we have Davida Joe Monahan, who is the host of the Quarter Life Happy Hour podcast, who is coming on today's episode. And she is such a hoot. We had such a great conversation despite all of the crazy technical difficulties that we had while recording. It was such a mess, but if you were to listen to this episode, you wouldn't even know since I pretty much edited all of that out. But anyway, so we talked all about navigating your quarter life crisis. I don't know how old you are if you're listening, but... I'm curious to know if you know what I'm talking about. If you've experienced the quarter life crisis, you've probably heard about having your midlife crisis, but your quarter life crisis pretty much happens in your mid 20s. And I know we talked all about that in this episode. We talked a lot about basically how to navigate that, the growth that comes out of our quarter life crisis. And then we just talk about other chaos that we deal with in life from work to dating. It was messy in the best kind of way. We had so much fun connecting over this episode and I think you're gonna really enjoy it. She's super funny and we had a really good time just chatting. So I'm just gonna get right into this episode and I hope you enjoy it. welcome to shamelessly unapologetic how are you doing i'm good hi thank you so much for having
1: me um i'm doing okay i'm on my last legs i'm getting over covid because that's still a thing guys remember that oh my gosh Uh But I'm doing
0: good. I'm doing okay. How are you doing over there? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, so I'm currently in Richmond, Virginia, right now at my parents' house for a few more weeks. So my best friend hi, got gotten married two weeks ago, and then my sister's graduating from law school soon. So that's why I'm here and I just like Flying back and forth from Portland to like the west coast to the east coast I was just like you know I'm just gonna stay here and like Passover just started and by yeah. the time this episode comes out we'll be like kind of deep into summer at this point but while we're filming here in <laughs> April, or filming or recording in April sorry sometimes I have to realize mm-hmm. like not everything I do is YouTube. <laughs> what a vibe yeah yeah Passover just started last night and so we have our Seder at my parents house later tonight so it's gonna be a very chaotic afternoon and evening for me I bet yeah yeah it's like my least favorite Jewish holiday just because I love bread so much (laughs) but (laughs) yeah yeah but you know what it's okay how have you been dealing with COVID I had it back in December it sucks
1: Oh yeah, it really does suck. I mean, it's funny too, because I always say, you know, it's it's kind of funny how things happen to me, like very extraordinary and very unique in that way. But I was telling myself, I was like, you know what? It's weird. We all thought COVID just stopped. Like we all forgot it existed. Nobody was wearing masks anymore. No one cared yeah. about like vaccines. You hadn't heard from a while of anyone getting it. And then all of a sudden I felt a tickle in the back of my throat. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just losing my voice because you know what I do, like I'm a podcaster, but I also have a sales job. So I'm talking constantly. Yeah. So I was like, that's gotta be it. And then I started, I thought I was losing my voice. Um, and then I was like, and then all of a sudden I was coughing and I was like coughing a lot. And I was like, uh oh, uh oh, and then I went and got tested. I did a home test. And I was like, there's no fucking way like we, COVID's over. Come on now. I, I, got, I got, I tested positive and I've been working from home um, all week, but you know, it's weird. It hits everyone really differently. My first side effects were just coughing and like, it just felt like a really bad cold. And today has just been mainly fatigue. Um, And a little bit of stuffiness. But other than that, like, I could still smell and taste, which was honestly the side effect and symptom that I wanted the least, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was just like, give me any headache in the world. That's fine. That's normal for me. I have headaches all the time. But let me taste my ranch. (laughs) (laughs) I, I know that's horrible, but it's true. Like, I hear it takes a while for all that to come back.
0: And I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah, no, one of my biggest fears when I had COVID, I was really scared that I was going to get parosmia. I don't know if you know what that is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for those who are listening who don't know what it is, parosmia is when you lose, is when your like sense of taste and smell gets distorted. And it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a neuro, neuro, I cannot talk, neurological Neurological, problem where, um, yeah, it distorts your sense of taste and you just kind of have to wait it out, which sucks. Like there's not a big cure, but I know like it affects a lot of people to where like everything they eat and smell tastes like sewage and garbage. And it's very unpleasant. No. Yeah. So and uh, and a lot of people were getting it. After they were recovering from COVID and it affected more women than men. There was this one girl on TikTok that I would be watching and just seeing her like battle this for almost two years and she's crying and how hungry she is I just feel so horrible I haven't checked her account in a while. So I'm curious to know like what the latest update is with her but I just can't imagine going through that, not being able to eat your favorite foods no. and having it taste like garbage. So that was like a big fear for me, but I did lose my sense of taste and smell. And then it came back maybe after I want to say like a week and a half. I definitely had it for about five or six days. And yeah, mine, just like right. you, it felt like a cold. That's what I thought it was. I had a tickle in the back of my throat, like the first day leading up to it. And I was was supposed to get surgery on my chin that week. And that's how I found I had COVID because the day before my surgery, I had my pre-op and they had to Mm -hmm. do a COVID test. And so that's how I found out. And I was like, just like, you know, hopefully that doesn't affect anything. And turns out it was COVID and I was upset. I had to reschedule my appointment to February. I mean, now that I've had the surgery, my chin looks more normal now I'm so happy that I finally got it done but (laughs) yeah so I I absolutely feel you COVID sucks I think it's like what five days of isolation now
1: yeah it's honestly not bad I mean I enjoy working from home it's fine um good thing that I didn't really have any plans for this weekend anyway my family doesn't do too much for Easter and so it's kind of a Nice little excuse to just lay low this weekend, I think. So it's been nice. Um, I've just been catching up on my shows and my books and kind of just taking it easy for once.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad you at least had that downtime, which is really important. I watched a lot of like Netflix. I remember I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie when I had COVID. (laughs) I was so bored. (laughs) That's the only cure. It really is. Yeah, so that was like how I I dealt with it. But when I had it, it was the 10 day isolation period. And then of course, like, I think like a week or two after I recovered, they changed it. I'm like, are you kidding me?
1: Right? Like the CDC changes the rules all the time. I'm like, I don't know what to believe. All I care about is as long as I'm no longer positive, then I'm good to go, I guess. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, Davida, why don't we have you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself? So, obviously, hi, guys. I'm Davida.
1: I am the host of my own show. It's called The Quarter Life Happy Hour. I have been putting out episodes, putting out content for the last over two years now, um, but I've been podcasting for three Um, I started off, yeah, I started off uh, just, you know, drunk in a bar, my best friend in college, his name's Dan, and we always joked how we were like the same person in male-female form, and we still are, but we were just like, we should start a podcast about like being in your mid-20s, the guy and girl perspective, and I was like, oh my god, we should, and then all of a sudden we, you know, found recording equipment online. We ordered it. Um, we started putting out episodes and then he moved to Nashville. So it was kind of hard to continue to, you know, continue that whole brand and whatnot. Right. So all this equipment was, you know, left at my house and I was like, okay, so like, what do I do? And then finally, literally a week before we went into lockdown for uh, COVID, I just decided like, let's rebrand, like, let's like, I'm going to make my own show and then just have like guests on every week. Um, just talking about the struggles and successes of being in your mid twenties because at the time I was 25. Um, so I was like, let's just do this. And, you know, using that platform and it's been such a great catalyst for me to connect with people who have other shows, um, around the world, as well as bringing people in my life closer together and also having them talk about, you know, subjects that really, um, that they really love talking about. And I think it's just so important to be able to express different types of topic, different types of emotions, and talk about different things on a platform for people who aren't, like, you know, quote unquote, social media famous, like yeah. influencers in that way, just normal people talking about things that should be talked about.
0: Yeah, no, so, absolutely. That's me. <laughs> I love it. That's, now- that's the premise of
1: the show. Yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah. I mean, with me, I, for when I have guests, like it's a mix of influencers and like regular people. It just really depends mm-hmm. on like what they do. Cause not everyone that I have on my podcast has a podcast or yeah. they have a big following on Instagram. I have interviewed some people that do have a big following, which is great. And I'm always grateful for those who do have a big following who are willing yeah. to come on my small nobody show, but it's, it's always nice. And I never expect them to promote my podcast. Like I'm not a cloud chaser. It's like, you know, if you want to share it, that is your choice. I do not pressure anyone to share my podcast, especially if they have a big following. Cause again, I'm not yeah. a cloud chaser. I just genuinely like want to have a conversation with that person because their brand aligns with my brand and I know it's something Mm. that like my listeners can totally get some value out of which is why I have the people who come on my show regardless of their following so yeah it just it it depends but I'm glad you mentioned about rebranding I think rebranding podcast is like so important because I had to rebrand my podcast just a little bit because My, I mean, I haven't been podcasting as long as you have. I have been podcasting for about close to a year and a half. So I'm in my second season of this podcast and I knew that like my first season was just an absolute train wreck, especially the Instagram account. Oh my God, don't even get me started on my Instagram account. So I actually hired a graphic designer back in February. And oh, okay. Yeah, and so I didn't get the deliverables until just a few weeks ago. Like it was like a month and a half long project. And so Ooh. now I've been slowly releasing the graphics. So I was making placeholders for the time being. So you'll kind of see the difference oh. on like, what is a placeholder? Like what's my content that I, I made? I feel, <laughs> I feel like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I feel yeah. okay. Yeah, so I knew that like I wanted to make like my Instagram account better cause that can kind of be a way to grow the podcast, mostly with like reels. I mean, I'm still trying to work on like building a better following on that account, but I never thought Ooh. to make reels when I had my Instagram account like for season one cause reels were still around. And now yeah. my graphic designer was like, you should be making reels that will help. And I'm like, oh my they God, do. you're so right. I had this one reel that's, go, that's still kind of popping off on Instagram right now. It's funny, people like it, but nobody's like commenting on it. But I mean, I guess it's helped. It's still engagement. And I think it has like close to 20,000 yeah. views. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. And it's still getting likes and engagement. So, but yeah, it's like, I realized Reels are so important, so that was something that I knew that I had to incorporate, Mm -hmm. and I also decided, like, with my new format, I was doing just, like, solo episodes, sometimes I would sprinkle in guests, now I found structure, so it's like, okay, for this season, moving forward, it will be solo episode guests, and then just rotate back and forth, because then that gives me more time to, like, get guests, because, you know, finding guests for a podcast is a nightmare (laughs) in itself, it's so Oh, Absolutely yeah some days i
1: could some days i'm like scratching the surface for somebody but sometimes i'll just send out like a mass story to my close friends on instagram like yo who wants to be on my show and then everyone's like oh my god me i'm like okay
0: (laughs) that's awesome i made a form on people who can like be on my show so i Mm, I recently made that so we'll see what comes in and then i'll just review and be like okay who's gonna actually be a fit because i'm not gonna just like have Anyone come on my show? Like, if I've had some people pitch to me to be in my podcast. I'm just like, this doesn't exactly align like with what I do. And some people are like, well, no, I disagree. And I'm like, okay, now I definitely don't want you on because you're getting defensive and you're not just accepting the rejection gracefully. I've actually had two people decline to be on my show, and I don't take it personally. I, it's funny. I actually reached out to Drew off Um, what, what's her last name? Awful. O- 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 waffalo on tiktok um and she like does a lot of those videos where she like fights misogyny and just tears misogynists and incels apart and her team actually got back to me and they said they had to pass at this time my guess is because i was just a small podcast i didn't take it personally but it was still kind of cool that they at least said you know we're happy to forward you to other people that we work with. And I said, yeah, no yeah. problem. And if it's not a fit, like let's still keep in touch. And then I had one other girl who said like, hey, I'm too busy right now, but let's reconnect later this summer. So I'll reconnect. So it wasn't like a complete rejection, but you know, nice. it, it, it happens, but yeah, like, as you mentioned, like that rebranding is just still important and being able to tweak things. And I am yeah, loving like how I've taken a, a little bit of a different direction. So yeah, but that's like been my podcast experience so far. But one question I had for you, and I actually, I ask this to every guest that comes on the show. So what I would love to know from you, Miss Davida, is what would you say is the biggest thing that you are mostly unapologetic about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good question, actually, because I think it's so funny when I think about, like, just my life in general. Um, I used to be a really quiet kid. Like, I used to... Yeah, I used to be a really, like, quiet kid in social situations. At home, I was, you know, crazy. I was the only child. I was a loud mouth. Um, But in social situations, I was always so, like, worrisome and always cared what people thought of me and all this stuff. And I think some of it still stands true to this day, but it's different in a way. Like, I am so unapologetically chaotic. I love it. I, I think it's hilarious. Like, I look at the things that happen in my, like, my dating life, my everyday life, and I'm just like, only this would happen to me. Even though I know, like, I'm sure it doesn't, but like, it sure feels like that because of the extent of how crazy it is. I am my friend's source of entertainment in that way and i'm totally fine with that like let me be the chaotic single one in our friend group that is still getting into some shit because i will do that easily i mean i've gone on dates with drug dealers with ex-felons with i only found this out after i added him on facebook so no one come after me but i hooked up with someone who was in the kkk and then i blocked him oh my god Like these things I am just so not proud of, but like whose story is that going to be other than mine? I'm currently like really good friends with my ex-boyfriend's current wife because we bonded over the fact that we were both dating him at the same time. No. So that's like one of my favorite things. I've had her on my show before too. Like we're super cool. So she, she's so funny. Like she's only staying with him for, let's just say, um, legal reasons, like not like actually because she likes him. So it's just really funny for me to be in, to have those situations. Who else would this happen to, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely have had chaos in my life, but my experiences obviously are are so different, but I think it's really cool that you just embrace the chaos and that you know how to navigate that. I mean, what would you say has been the most helpful thing for you to just navigate that chaos and still be able to come out from it better than ever.
1: Dude, I use humor as my biggest coping mechanism. You have to laugh it off. You really do. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're screwed. Like you have to <laughs> laugh at yourself.
0: I like, could not agree more.
1: I go on these questionable dates with these questionable guys for content. I do it because it's funny. And I've said this on my show many times. It's actually kind of like a very known thing to my listeners that I don't do things because I think it's like the smart thing to do. I do it because I think it's the the funniest thing or the most entertaining thing or like when I'm old and telling stories to my grandkids when they're an appropriate age, I want those stories to be awesome and like so out of pocket and hilarious. So, you know. If I get that far, I would. that's my goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said about using humor as a coping mechanism because I am very similar. I didn't used to be like that because I used to be very insecure about myself. And I didn't like it when people laughed at me. Like they weren't laughing with me. They were laughing at me. And uh-huh. you have to flip it. Right. And it was done in a malicious way. And it took me a really long time for me to realize, you know what, I can laugh at myself and be like jokes on you. You may be laughing at me, but I'm also laughing at me because like, I know that my life is a joke, but I'm allowed to embrace it. That way I'm laughing at myself. It still gives me the power to take that back from other people. And that's so important. And I think it takes some time to realize like, okay, when can I get to that comfort to just laugh at myself? Like if I fall on the ground in public, like let's say I just eat shit because I've done that many times. I just many times I, I laugh it off and I just like I'm like, Oh my god, I fucking fell. <laughs> and I just like, Yeah, I'm like who should
1: fall, people? Come on now.
0: I just, Yeah, I'm, like whenever I'm I feel
1: it. embarrassed, did somebody record that, please? Can somebody record it next time? So I could go on, like, uh, I could go viral, someone.
0: (laughs) Right. And so it's so funny you mentioned about recording. So I was with some two friends who were visiting me last May. We went over to Mount Hood, which is in... um, Oregon, it's like about an hour, nice. or, and like an hour, maybe even less than that outside of Portland. We were going hiking, and we discovered that a good chunk of our trail was still covered in snow in May. Like the snow doesn't like melt until like June. Like that's how oh my cold goodness. it gets yep. in that area, or just like in the yep. mountain. So I did not have the right shoes to hike in this snow. Neither did my friends, but they at least had real hiking boots. I was still in my sneakers. Like it was just a bad decision, and so. I was, well, why not? Footage, right. <laughs> right. And so I had my friend who was recording because I wanted B-roll footage for a vlog that I was doing, or it wasn't a vlog, but it, yeah. I was making a video on like exploring like places around Mount Hood. And so as we were walking on some snow, I was with my friend. She caught me Just slipping and falling on video and I knew that I had to include it in the video because it was just it was too funny and I knew people would find that funny like if I find it funny. I knew others would because if I was really embarrassed about falling on camera then you know obviously I wouldn't include it but it's like no I gotta include it.
1: Yeah. I'm a big advocate on like laughing at myself. And then when people are staying silent, was it actually that funny? I'm like, you can laugh. Let it resonate with you. It's okay. When I say something super dark, I'm like, you can laugh. It's fine. It's yeah. like, it'll, it'll be okay.
0: Exactly. I just think that's so important. If you do something stupid and then you realize how stupid it is, don't be like, ugh. I hate my life. I'm so cringe. Just be like, Oh my God, I'm so cringe. And it's fucking hilarious. Oh my God. I hate
1: myself, but it's amazing.
0: Exactly. That's Literally like the me. biggest way to cope and just like take back that power. It's so important. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad oh, that absolutely. it took me, it took me probably until like I was 24, or 25 years old to get there. Yep.
1: Yeah. Same here actually, because I think that's when you hit that age, the quarter life crisis, quote unquote, where you finally realize, like, this is a good time for me to take back my power. Like, I just got out of college. I'm trying to do adult things. But at the same time, half my friends are still in college and not adults, while the other half have their shit together and have mortgages and babies and husbands and, you know loyal husbands that is and it's just like you're stuck in the middle so it's what else can you do you're too old to be out partying all night or some people at least I am and you're too young to really commit to one person like that so it's like what do you do but to have your own power and just enjoy life
0: absolutely well, I'm glad you talked about the quarter-life crisis because that was something that I think would be a really great thing to transition into. So mm-hmm. what did your quarter-life crisis look like for you? And are there things you're still kind of working through or have you overcome yeah. anything?
1: Yeah, okay, so fun. Um, <laughs> I I spent, I'd say like a gap year and a half at college at college or like wait no what's it called like a, bo- a bo- boat a boat network isn't connected to Shut up network. Alexa I wasn't talking to you your Alexa app That's what the quarter life crisis is talking to that bitch um <laughs> okay oh <laughs> uh, no so i had like an extra bonus year and a half of college or whatever so i didn't graduate until i was 24 so you know i'm getting out of college it's the weirdest transition i went from having an apartment down in a college town and moving back into my parents and still working my restaurant job that I've been working at since I was 20. Now what? And so I had this whole plan when I turned 25. I did the first half. I moved in with one of my best friends. We rented a place out. So I got that. I moved out of my parents. It was awesome. I was planning to get out of the industry, but then COVID hit. So that kind of screwed everything up. But when I finally got the courage to transition out of the restaurant industry into my career that's when I really was just like okay like this is adulting right here and then when I moved out of my place that I was renting with my best friend and I bought my condo that oh, was another yeah. big thing too yeah I own property now I don't know who let me but I own property so being in my career and like actually having a place of my own has been two great things that I've overcame that I didn't think i would necessarily at least like that what easily or that swiftly but a big transition that came from my early 20s to my mid-20s is my early 20s i was in like this relationship that i was gonna i thought i was gonna be in forever like four years and then all of a sudden we break up and then ever since then men have just not I don't know what it is ever since then I have not been able to find like a man that is mentally stable enough to keep up with girl belief.
0: you don't have to tell me twice
1: I don't think your listeners are ready to hear about the men's sl- slander I have I'm sorry it's oh, true they don't we know how to will act.
0: talk about it because I no. they definitely... don't know how to act I definitely want to hear about your experiences dating like felons and drug dealers. Like I, like that's juicy. Like I want to hear that, but I love what you did to just like overcome just like that crisis of, you know, working in a restaurant, trying living back with your parents. Mm-hmm. Now you have a condo like shit. I still don't yeah. even own property. Like I really want to have a house so badly but I'm still drowning in debt. And I lost my job. Like, like, I guess with my quarter life crisis, I feel like mine is still sort of on. It's still ongoing. I'm 30 now. Mm -hmm. But for me, like once I graduated from grad school, I was unemployed for five months. I didn't get a job until October and I graduated in May. Yeah. And so I moved to San Francisco At the end of October, got my first job, was there for two years, but it was awful. Like I didn't even still feel like I was an adult because I was like traveling to client to client and it was miserable and exhausting. Part of me was just like, I just want to be in one place in an office job. And when I got that office job, I felt like my quality of life improved a little bit because I was just in one place. I didn't have to yeah. deal with fucking recess all the time. Oh, I, I like we used to work with kids. Yeah. Recess was like my worst thing that I hated when I had school sessions because- like I was there for like almost a good chunk of the day and San Francisco weather it's like hit or miss it's usually pretty chilly and I would be standing out there Mm. for like 20 minutes and like I'm cold I don't want to be standing out here it was I just felt like a babysitter and not like a therapist like I was supposed to be doing sure and it was just it was a miserable fucking job I made a whole episode about like why I left the ABA field because it was just a bad time for me i've done episodes
1: about why the restaurant industry sucks so oh i
0: worked in the restaurant industry too i had a serving job when i was in grad school i worked at a country club with rich white people or serving Ah. white people at a poolside so i will say at the time when i was living in kentucky the money actually wasn't that bad for what it was but if i was living in california it would be shit money but It paid better than my assistantship, and I had two jobs that summer, so it actually helped. Like, I was doing pretty well that summer in terms of finances, and then my first Mm -hmm. ever job, I was working at a TGI Fridays. Oh, toxic. So bad.
1: God, no, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I do like Fridays, though, but no, yeah, I never again. I will... I am loving having my weekends off, my nights off. It is a beautiful thing. I will never take it for granted again.
0: Absolutely. And then once COVID hit, I had lost my first office job back in November of 2019. And I was just navigating all of 2020 off unemployment. I took a contract job. I was there for about a year and then COVID laid me off. And I was just like, okay, I can't. I can't live in San Francisco anymore. I was struggling and I'm still unemployed again because I lost another job last month. And -hmm. my life is very chaotic. It's like part of me, do I even want to work for a company still? Like, I feel like I could probably do like one more company. And then once my content continues to take off and I get more money from like my YouTube ad revenue mm-hmm. or or like anchor money that I get from my podcast. It's like, I want to do that full time. I love that anchor money. Right. The, the pennies that you get per listen. It's, it's wonderful. I'll take it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm letting it accumulate to like a thousand dollars and then I'll probably like dispense it. I kind of see my anchor money as like a savings account in a way. Like I'm just not, I... gonna, I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, but at least
1: it's there. I like knowing it's there.
0: Right, exactly. Like I like knowing that it's there and I can just treat it like a savings account. Exactly. Which is kind of a cool concept because my savings account disappeared (laughs) not too long ago. it was Zero dollars in it because I had to keep pulling from it. For me, like my life is a mess, especially when it comes to work and we can talk all about work because girl, just working in companies it's it's a fucking nightmare for me I don't know how it's been for you you mentioned Uh, you work in sales I'm curious to know how that's been for you yeah
1: so actually it's really interesting um my job is something that I when I explain it to people they're like oh my god I never even thought of that so basically I work with a company that works with um small businesses around the country okay and we work on helping them get their online presence built out more. So when you Google something or when you look something up, we are the ones monitoring those listings into ensuring that they help bring in reviews, that they stay updated, that they show up high. And people are just like, Oh my God, I never even thought about that. So when you look up like mechanic near me or auto shop near me, like we want those small family owned businesses to show up and to show up great. So I basically do that. I do like SEO work as well as um, building websites for these companies too. So it has, it honestly, like having a small brand and slash small business in the quarter life happy hour for me has helped a lot because it's definitely put that into perspective, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it sounds like so you really it's been a great it. company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great company. Um, nice little shift in pace. I was in, I was at working at the same restaurant for, almost 7 years and I've been at this corporate company job for almost 5 months and it's definitely a great transition.
0: No, that's awesome. It took me about a year and a half to try to transition out of ABA therapy. So now I'm in tech recruiting. Mm-hmm. So I ended nice. up okay. I ended up working at an agency for my first tech recruiting job and I I learned a lot, but it was also very sales focused and I didn't realize it was going to be more sales focused and people focused. And once I was there for a year, I needed to go in house, like agency environment and sales was absolutely not for me. And I just didn't want to give another agency a chance. Like, I just feel like a lot of sales environments can be really toxic. They're not always, but just when I hear other horror stories of people who have worked as an agency recruiter, I just hear all these horror stories and just like, all the sleep that they lose. And just like, there's a huge lack of work-life balance. And I was just like, nope, I need work-life balance. I'm also a content creator. I have to utilize my free time to balance that between my social life and then my content, like with my weekends, regardless of what job I have, I have to find ways to dedicate times and set boundaries with friends being like, okay, I can hang out for maybe five hours of this day, but then I have to film. Then I
1: have things to do.
0: Right. Sometimes I feel bad about it because like, I'm always that kind of person who wants to devote as much time to my friends as I can. But it's like, oh, I'm also a content creator. I do make money. And like, this is a part time job for me. So Mm -hmm. I, I have to put in that work and make time for it. Otherwise, I'm going to struggle. So it's like, even though like I have unemployment benefits, and then I make a little bit of money from YouTube ad revenue and then the mm-hmm. podcast but at the same time like that's not enough for me to completely like live a fulfilling life to also pay off my debt so I sadly of course. Still need, like that full-time job but you know I want to get to a point where my income totals up to what it will eventually be and I'm confident it will happen I think it will probably take another like three years to get there and that's totally fine I've that's I okay. That I'll be like what, 33 probably? Like that's still young and I mm-hmm. would like to start saving for a house this year so like once I can get my debt more managed and it's really improved a lot and I can't wait to like make the episode about finally being debt-free and having control over my life and saving for a house because once I am debt-free, my first priority are to change my credit cards. And then yeah. and then save for a house. That's like what absolutely. I, I've been going to. But a lot of companies that I worked at going back to that, I've realized like startup environments are absolutely not for me. And I recently made a mm-hmm. episode about this. It's like I cannot handle early stage startups anymore. And if I am gonna go to, if I am ever gonna go to another startup, it's been like they've been around for over ten years. I don't know why they would still consider themselves to be a startup at that point, but they're at least yeah. more established and put together. So it's like I need that stability and structure because I just realized like I don't thrive very well without structure.
1: I agree. I'm a very um, structured person.
0: I wonder. Oh, that makes it. Are you an Earth sign? I'm a, I'm a water sign actually, but I oh, do, okay. so I do have my Jupiter and Virgo and then I have, oh, okay. I have, I believe it's my Neptune and Uranus in Capricorn. And then I don't okay. have anything in Taurus, but I'm a Scorpio.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. I'm a Virgo, so everything is I, I love structure. I'm a big Virgo. Virgos love. You know? They're
0: like the planners, the structure. They, we are, the organizers. we are.
1: It's disgusting. It's so I have I literally have six planners. Six planners. Why do I need no six way. planners? I don't know why I need six planners. Just one guy that I went on a date with, um, he would make fun of me for the fact that I had six planners and I'm like, "You know what? This is what I need to get by."
0: Yeah, I do have, I do have like a regular planner that you actually like write in, And then I have yeah. two Google calendars. So I have the one that's tied to like my personal email. And then I have my podcast, mm-hmm. um, calendar that I have to update, um, especially mm-hmm. because it's tied to like my Calendly. So I have to constantly block off times regarding my personal life. So it's like, I do have three things that I manage, but I like writing things down on paper as like an extra means of accountability. And it just helps me yeah. sort of organize because I also do use that in-person planner for yeah. like my content planning as well. So that's another reason as to why I have it.
1: I have, you know, my work planners, I have my podcast planners, I have my social events like planners and stuff like that. I also have like a planner for like a planner slash journal for all of my goals for the new year and everything like that. So I don't know. I, I like to stay organized because at least that – if I'm not doing what it's what's on the planner, at least I wrote it and I did half the work and I feel somewhat productive and good about
0: it. Yeah, exactly. And I have journals too, but those are more for, like, manifestation, gratitude, mm-hmm. affirmations. And then I have a moon journal that I write in nice. to, like, tune with the moon. I am such a metaphysical junkie. I, I love it. I so, love it. Tonight's a full moon. I'm so excited to do my Rachel. So, oh. like –
1: it is.
0: Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So tonight's full moon. Um, and I'm excited to just like do my routine because I have a whole routine that I do for the full moon. Is it, so,
1: is it, is it the moon water?
0: I don't do moon water, but okay. I, do char- I do charge my crystals. I write in my moon journal. I do an oracle reading for myself. I will clean all my tarot and oracle cards with Palo Santo. I cleanse my space. Um, and I do a burn bowling ritual. So I will write some things on a piece of paper on like things that I want to release and then I burn it in a bowl. So it's, oh, fun. wow. Yes. It's, it's a whole routine cool. that I do. Yeah. I love it. So I'll do that after Seder's over. That's cool. Actually.
1: Wow. All right. I just, I, I just got behind the whole like moon water thing
0: for my neighbor, So I was
1: just like, oh, okay. This is interesting. Yeah. And-
0: a lot of people like to use moon water for like spells i personally am not really a spell caster i'll write i'll use like mm-hmm. intention candles and i'll burn them like I actually have one burning right now that's like the only thing as like spell i'm saying that in fingers quotes that i will do mm-hmm. but i am more of a manifester and just setting intentions i don't like take different kinds of materials and put them together and like cast a spell out into the world. I'm more of a manifester. So that's kind of like yeah. how I do things my way, but no judgment to those who do moon water. Absolutely. A lot of people do that no, during it's so, the full moon. It's all
1: so interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. Yeah. I, I love metaphysical stuff. I mean, I always had like a connection to the spiritual side, but I didn't become more in tune and like open to it until sometime in 2021. But I've always loved Tara. I've always loved psychics. I've always loved crystals. Mm -hmm. I wanted to finally like put this into work and actually use these tools to help me. I also had been making vision boards for the past few years and vision boards have been such a great tool um, and accountability for me to get the goals that I wanted to do for certain periods of the year. And I totally believe in vision boards. I accomplished so much for my 2021 vision board. And I'm so proud of that, that I manifested so many things for myself. So we still have so much more time left of 2022, which is great. And yeah, yeah, so I'm excited to see like what else I accomplished throughout the rest of this year based off what I put on my vision board
1: absolutely no that sounds awesome um a lot of my friends are really in the vision boards so um I definitely see the appeal my mom's a yoga instructor too so she's big on meditation um and all that so she gave me some crystals when I started my desk job and you know they've helped bring me sales
0: so I'll take it hell yes hell yes I'll take I'm, it I'm guessing do you have like aventurine and citrine on your desk because those are the good money those are the good money crystals yep yes I do I love it. She was Thank like, so here,
1: much. she was like, here, take them. I'm like, okay. And then I, I thought they were like, okay, this is, I, I was thinking like, this is
0: dumb, but then it worked. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Exactly. No, that's awesome. I'm so glad that worked out for you. So let's transition into the dating scene. You mentioned that you've had so, a really crazy dating life. You've gone out with felons and drug dealers How did you get into that and how did they, I'm curious to know like how they treated you, how long did it last, like how did you even find out about all this? I got so many questions. (laughs) I know.
1: So mainly the thing is when I say dated, like I'm very big on like, okay, I went on like one or two dates with them and then I was like, okay, I gotta go. The main problematic cause in my dating life hasn't been like drug dealers or like felons or anything like that. It's been those mediocre white boys those are the troublemakers in my mind in my in in my dating world like I don't know what it is like my dad's even called me out on it before he's just like David I look at your exes and it's like the same people in different fonts I'm like wow okay (laughs) thanks dad um but when he says that he literally means they all have the same issues they all have the same like excuses for why they weren't good men to me I constantly never learn from my mistakes type things a year ago I dated this guy who was absolutely horrible and he like really ruined me for dating I think but then I decided like you know what I'm gonna go back on dating apps just to see what's out there just because I was starting to get like lonely I just needed companionship or something so I went on a date after this breakup with this guy who seemed totally normal I tell the whole story on a full episode on my show, but this guy seemed super normal. And then he just spent the entire date just trauma dumping on me about how he he went to rehab in Malibu and how he's addicted to narcotics and how he sells them. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening? And then I continue going on this date. I didn't leave right away. I just keep pushing the envelope to see how crazy this night can get and I was just like I could get myself killed right now like this man would say so many out-of-pocket things like oh I've never kissed an Asian girl before trying like put a move on me and I'm like yeah you're not gonna like I could have died right there but I was like yeah this is funny to me now
0: what is your nationality
1: I'm Filipino I'm half Filipino half-white
0: yeah awesome
1: so yeah so I like the fact that he said that I like looked at him it's like pitch dark no one's around I'm in a town I don't even know I'm like yeah you're not gonna
0: I was like I could have been murdered right
1: here but I'm I'm fine <laughs> um yeah that's so scary I was like, this is funny I was like this is funny and then he continues to ask like so there's no chance of us hooking up tonight I'm like you're disgusting so it's uh... always it's always the guys that seem so normal and then they're just so out of pocket and this guy became obsessed with me after I had to block him his ex-girlfriend even messaged me too it was a whole thing But I think that's the moment that made me realize, okay, I'm going to stop dating for a while. And I haven't really been really on a date since,
0: so. Yeah, dating breaks are so important. Um, I'm sorry you had to deal with that, but I'm glad, like, I'm glad it was such a short-term situation for you. It was hilarious for me. Yeah, so at least, like, you're still alive. You didn't get killed. At least the only credit I could give him is that at least he went to rehab to try to help himself. So at least... Well, he gets some brownie points there because most men don't go to like therapy. A lot of them won't be in touch with their feelings or they think that there's nothing wrong with them. So men
1: are scared to death of therapy. And I don't know why. don't
0: know why there's
1: I tried to get my ex to go to therapy and he just wouldn't. And I'm like, what the hell is dude, you have issues and you're taking them out on me. Like, come on.
0: I know it's it's really frustrating. And it's sad that they're never going to be open to it. When I was in college, I actually had two experiences where I dated like, these bad boys never fucking mm-hmm. again because they're problematic so no i saw never this one, again i saw this one guy who was in the army and we lasted about seven guys oh oh, yay god. they're okay they're, <laughs> they're they're a whole special breed uh, military yay guys. some of them oh my be- god some of them can be really nice but he was not nice yeah I like my college was right by the navy base so it was a big military town so it's even better like it's a breeding grounds for them but so he was in the army sign me up he he was in the army and he was very much into me I mean I was too like we vibed really well so we were both um in greek life together and we were on on okay the IFC and Panhellenic boards, which are like the higher up boards that oversee like all the sororities or all the fraternities on campus. So if you were on those boards, you had to do about three or two to four office hours a week in the Greek-like office, like answering phone calls or asking questions about Greek life. We had similar office hours, but apparently he actually didn't go to his regular office hours. He would go to the office hours that I had just so he could see me, which was really cute. Yeah, I, I yeah. appreciated that. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, we got, ended up getting together the night of my formal. I really wanted to take him to my formal, but I like gussied out and I asked a guy who I was friends with. And he, it's funny, like he's such a super, super ultra conservative person, but- Oh it, boy. him and I have a very interesting relationship. Like we butt heads all the time because our views On politics are so different but him and I do have fun together and we've actually had some really good heart-to-hearts together despite like some of his trash views but I asked him because I I knew he would say yes and so he did and so like it was so funny the two of us just so platonic going on this date on this date like to my formal But at the same time I really wish it was the army boy that I had gone out with And so they were having a party, like his fraternity. And so I went after my formal and him and I like got together that night and I was so happy. We finally admitted that we liked each other. It was, it was great. But over time, there was a point where he got arrested when we were dating and he was in jail for a few days. I failed to see that as a red flag. I think it was like a, it was like traffic related, I believe. And it was, it was so, okay. He got he got arrested for like reckless dangerous driving and i didn't see that as a red flag and then i remember once he got out he like texted me going freedom and i was so excited that he got out like it's just like i didn't see this like it's like alana stop that's the most
1: military thing i've ever heard oh in my life God. he got arrested
0: he got arrested for
1: driving recklessly. Like, honey, it's and not a had, tank. You're not driving a tank. You're driving a car. It's okay. You're not on base.
0: And I'm pretty sure he had DUI. Like, I like he had some other things. Like, I know he had been to jail before. And I just, <laughs> I was trying not to be judgmental about it. But it just, it got to the point where it was too much. And he also ended up not wanting a relationship. And he told me that, but I was, dumb and I let it continue like I should have ended it because I did want a relationship but I'm so glad it never turned out but it went on for six seven months because he still wanted to see me so part of it is on him for him continuing to lead me on that ended eventually and then there was this other guy maybe a few months after I dated him I needed it was my senior college I needed a new date to my formal and I didn't know who I wanted to take so one of my sisters set me up with her boyfriend's brother, and he was just a problematic person. He wasn't very yeah. friendly. He was very sarcastic. He had a lot of DUIs on his record. He just wasn't put together. He didn't have a shit together. He just didn't really care to make time for me because I ended mm-hmm. up liking him. He just didn't really seem to care about me, so... Yeah he was not very nice whatsoever.
1: My experience with military guys it's funny because it's kind of the same but I used to be such a sucker for them in college. Me too. too. Like, I'm still, Me too. I'm still I'm still convinced to this day that the one that got away the love of my life I'm pretty sure who was this military guy. I'm still convinced everyone in my personal life knows that it's like, okay, who is considered Davido's one that got away? They know who the answer is. And it's a problem because I'm pretty sure he's married. Because military. Yeah,
0: they, I don't like to generalize, but a lot of them do like to cheat when they're married. And it's just like, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, it's like, why did you get married? Like, are you that unhappy in your marriage? Like, fucking break up with your partner because no, they're, tra- they're trying. because they're trying to get out of the barracks. <laughs> it's 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 awful yeah it's
1: it's a whole thing like it's funny when I heard this is gonna sound so bad when I heard he got married I was like okay don't worry it'll end soon
0: I I'm done with all of them unless if he's like a I've I went out with this one guy who isn't I've I've been out with some ex-veterans like a recent guy that I went out with he is ex-coast guard but he's for like he was 40 and then he turned 41 on me like after I had met him, which was fine. Like that was the oldest guy that I ever been out with. So he's like 11 years older than me. Oh, he's so hot. And, but he was put together, has a good job. We actually have the same job, which was great because we could relate to that. We could talk about yeah. our jobs and know exactly what we're talking about our lifestyles were very similar I think they're better when they're out of the military he also was very absolutely young. he was also very young when he did the Coast Guard and it's like you know he obviously matured and grew up so it's like if you're an ex-vet or an ex-veteran veteran ex-military yeah that's fine as long as you know you're out of it you've changed maybe it's helped shape up with you and you know if you have ptsd or something you know but clearly that's something you and i can like work together if you have that or yeah. um, you know i'm willing to like you know be patient but if it comes to a point where it's something i can't handle or we have conflict then it will go to therapy together i don't know like i i try again i try not to be judgmental with like mental health issues because mental health yeah. is something that i take very seriously myself I even did my course, whole master's yeah. I did my whole master's thesis on PTSD affecting sex, relationship, and attachment functioning in combat veterans. And sadly, oh, wow. uh, sadly That's I only, specific. Yeah. And I could only do men. I wanted to be both men and women, but I wasn't gonna have enough of a sample size from women. So I just ended up doing men instead. And the guy that I went out with in college was my inspiration behind my thesis topic
1: that's hilarious yeah brilliant like no that's awesome
0: it was awesome and because after I did my research and I had passed my thesis defense you know I reached out to the guy and I said hey want to let you know like I finished my thesis I passed it and I want to say like I understand now because at the time I didn't really completely understand what he was going through because he did have PTSD and I want to say you know after I conducted this research and talking to other veterans and analyzing my findings I want to say I get it now and I'm really sorry I didn't understand but I do want to thank you for being my inspiration for oh. this topic I really enjoyed I really enjoyed my thesis study did I enjoy typing 64 pages no but I also broke it up over time so it's not like oh, I wrote right, it in right, one right. It was like one yeah but you know he got back to me he said hey like I really appreciate you saying that and congrats on passing your thesis so it was a very quick that's night. like my- Civil conversation. That's like, my ultimate,
1: like That's like my ultimate, like, quote unquote, fantasy. I want to go up to a guy and be like, "You are my inspiration to write this." <laughs> it's so funny because I'm usually... just letting you know. Yeah, I mean, fine. I'm just letting it out. Know. It's fine. I'm gonna do that one day when I write my book. I'm just gonna like send a copy to all of my ex-boyfriends and be like, "So the reason that I wrote this is because I was so fucked
0: up after you." Here you go. Read this. Enjoy. Oh, I know. All the guys that I've been on dates with have been great content for my YouTube channel or my podcast. Yep. Mostly, mostly YouTube. Yep. You know, in college, my ex wrote me these breakup letters that he wrote to himself. And I made a video about this. It's it's really old. At the time when he sent me these letters, like it was him explaining his truth to himself and like why he broke up with me. And then he sent them to me and they made me feel like absolute shit. I was crying and I was just like, what the fuck? How could you send this? But I still had them on my computer when I opened them up in 2018. I'm like, oh, I'm making a video about this.
1: Why? Why? Just why do people, like men? Why do men send why do men? literal like, like why do men? Why do men send texts or letters of something that they read that's clearly problematic, and they're just like, yeah, this is good, send. Yeah, like, abs- this is fine.
0: <laughs> it's literally just. What? Literally, it's messy, like. It was it's so the, messy. like my breakup with him was so mix- messy and toxic but it's funny because like our relationship wasn't even that bad but you know at the end of the day like mm-hmm. I think I look back on it and like you know I'm glad we broke up he's married he has a kid now and it's like I'm very happy for him good for him all I wanted mm-hmm. for him was for him to be happy and I literally wished him nothing but the best because the breakup affected him more than it affected me. Like it affected me like, you know, maybe two yeah. months, but he was the one that broke up with me. And I remember when I started hooking up with somebody a few months after we broke up, I had no business doing that because I was absolutely not emotionally available, but I still rebounded and he found yeah. out about it. And he went off on me and I'm like, you broke up with me. Remember? Well, well, I'm well single. what did he expect you to do? Wait, that's like unfair <laughs> oh just it wasn't it was messy I mean we were both 19 we were really young I've I've never had a real relationship in my 20s so I'm oh I'm glad that I never had yeah he's been my only partner I've been single for almost 11 years <laughs> okay yeah
1: no queen shay good for you
0: thank you it's just like yeah. I discovered what I want and what I wanted a partner and so like a lot of guys that I had to date, they had to be lessons for me, unfortunately. And that's frustrating, Mm -hmm. but I look back on it. I'm like, you know what? I'm really glad that these never came out of certain situations. Like I'm glad this never turned into a relationship. It had been so bad for me. And now when I go on dates with men, I ask them, Hey, like, what are your intentions? Are you trying to be in a serious long-term relationship do you want something casual and I'm like just be honest if you like are just looking for hookups I like just that be honest like please like don't be afraid to say you want sex because I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time I will manifest all the ass clapping for you that you need just be honest with me you know what do you want
1: no so true I'm gonna start doing that now I'm gonna start getting back on dates and I was like okay so what are your intentions like what do you want like it's not hard. Just tell me what you want. I'll provide whatever. Yeah, except the actual commitment because no. but I will provide so let me know what do you want.
0: Right. And so, I mean, I deleted my dating apps back in December. When I was matching with men on dating apps after like an experience I had in 2020 that really kind of messed me up just a little just a tiny little bit. It made me really hurt. Yeah, for sure. But um yeah. I discovered like okay, you know what? I'm going to start asking people what do they want because I know I want a relationship. I know I'm emotionally available for a relationship. I am ready. I've been single for yeah. a very long time. I've really worked on myself. I still work on myself. My cat is like meowing like crazy. Yeah. I just like, don't want to waste my time and it just saves me heartache. And so before mm-hmm. when guys would ask like to go on dates with me, say before I agree to anything, you know, I asked them what their intentions are. And, you know, yeah. I have been fortunate enough to have guys respond to me very maturely and honestly saying like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm not looking for. I'm like, oh, I appreciate your honesty so much, but we're not on the same page. And they appreciate that. I've actually had guys say, like, you know, I actually really like that you asked me that. No woman's ever, like, asked me that, and I think that's kind of sexy. I'm like, well, good. Like, I'm glad you like that, and I hope more women continue to do that for you, especially if you're not I'm so doing me. that. I'm going to text all my ex and be like,
1: if I were to ask you this when we were dating, would you have been okay with that? Oh, content right there. Thank you for that. You're probably like, that's not where I was going for you
0: to be no it's good no I mean it's important like I mean on my YouTube channel I always give like dating advice in air quotes based off my own personal experiences and what's worked for me and I always disclaim like just because it's worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you I will never refer Mm -hmm. to myself as a dating coach ever 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 because I'm not I'm just a girl navigating life and dating and was in San Francisco and I always tell my audience Always ask people what their intentions are. I think that is advice that I think should apply to everybody. If this advice fails you, you must be doing something really wrong because it is completely harmless to ask people what they're looking for so you're not wasting your time. I've seen TikTok accounts saying like, no, you're wasting your time asking people that. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like Just because the guy acts serious around me, just because he's introducing me to his parents doesn't mean jack shit.
1: Yes. Doesn't mean they want anything, serious.
0: Yeah, narcissists like that
1: immediate validation. No, that, oh my god, this is gonna be a whole new episode. I can't. I'm heated.
0: <laughs> yeah, be heated because it's frustrating. It's like, yeah. just be honest. Like, if you're not trying to make me your girlfriend, do not in, do not invite me over to your parents. Do not let me meet your siblings. We are too old to be doing
1: relationship things to people who don't want to be in a relationship with us.
0: Exactly. It's too, right. old. exactly. too old. Exactly. I'm, I'm too old for this. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you are not ready for a relationship or you do not want one. Just do not waste your time going out with people who want that. It's not fair and it's very selfish. Amazing. <laughs> so it's we. True yeah absolutely it's true I challenged my sister to start asking men she's recently single and I had to tell her when she started downloading hinge I'm like oh poor baby she doesn't know what she's getting herself into because she had never used hinge nope. before and so nope. like, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into and so she would start showing me these low quality men and I'm like welcome to hell Rebecca
1: yeah freaking Aldi Aldi brand Chad's and Mike's and Riches and Luke's and I gotta go
0: <laughs> it's so funny just how she was experiencing this and she texted me a face of her in horror with like all the men that she was encountering but then I told him like Rebecca please ask guys intentions and she was so opposed to it at first and she goes okay Lonnie you know what I finally took your advice I asked the guy what his intentions were and you know what? It went really well. I'm like, I fucking told you so. Like I am like a professional single woman. Like I know what I'm doing. So I really. Amazing. I'm going to
1: put that on my resume.
0: (laughs) Professional single woman.
1: (laughs) I think it'll it'll get a kick out of my CEO.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And so I just knew that this was going to be the right move for her so I'm so glad she took my advice on that amazing so so I know we're running short on time but one last question I have for you is what would you say is the best advice you could give to your younger self to deal with navigating life in your 20s
1: okay okay I would definitely tell my younger self not to like, stress too much. My big thing when I was younger is that I would stress out over the most ridiculous things constantly. Looking back now, it really is so insignificant. Like the things that I used to worry about back in like middle school and high school, like there's no reason to be like that. Like it gets better because you just you just adapt more. You just all of a sudden you just grow into the person that you are, and then that all that stuff seems less important. That's one of the many things I would tell my younger self, but, Stay away from a uh, skinny white boys would be another one too.
0: <laughs> I love it. No, I love the advice about not stressing. Life is just way too short for that. Mm-hmm. So Davida, if people wanted to find you in your podcast and your socials, where can they find you?
1: So friends, um, I am all over. I have, you have the quarterlifehappyhour.com. Feel free to check that out. Um, It's a nice little easy way for anyone who doesn't have a streaming service to go find my episodes. But I am also on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts as well. You can follow me on Instagram. It's the Quarter Life Happy Hour, all one word. And then, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. And then my... uh personal my my actual instagram handle is davina joe 10 so give me a follow and i'll follow you back if you're not creepy
0: <laughs> awesome i love it and guys if you have an unapologetic experience that you'd like to send in to me feel free to email the podcast at shamelessly unapologetic podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on instagram at shamelessly unapologetic and with that i will see you next week with a brand new episode Bye! Thanks for having me! Bye!